Hello everyone, this is Saqib. Welcome to another episode of Cricket World Cup Special. And guess who's back today? Uh, one of the original uh, founding fathers of uh, <laughs> tennis with an accent, Anand Mamdipuri, you know, traveling uh, like a rock star for a living. You know, he's not to be found in any city for more than five days. But today, I just caught him at the right time. NBA Finals is not going to plans and Anand has taken time out. And we'll be talking a lot of bat and ball, Virat Kohli, Joe Root and... Uh, you know, the Pakistan's upset win over England. Hey, man, how are you? Hey, it's great to be back and what a good time to be back with the World Cup World Cups on. Yeah, I know. So, a um, lot of people expected and uh, we've had quite a many experts here, you know, some in-house experts like Sanket and Bharat and Sharon was here and the lead-up. Everybody expected this to be a World Cup where a lot of runs are going to be scored. And uh, we've already seen World Cup changes the pressure. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've seen Pakistan lose to West Indies, South Africa... Not eliminated, but they have faced a very uphill task after week one is over. And uh, India, you know, was, I would say, quite convincing, even though their main man didn't fire. But, you know, that's the kind of win they need. So what are your early impressions? You know, you think this is going to be a World Cup where, you know, we'll see a lot of huge scores? Or you, or you think there'll be teams succumbing to pressures and there'll be some upsets? Uh, what, what's your initial feeling? Yeah, so there's, there's nobody in world cricket that knows pressure better than Virat Kohli, right? And he said it uh, before the World Cup. He he said, you know, when England is trying to uh, score 500 in every game, they're going to find it's a different game when they're playing in the World Cup. And they're not going to get that far. Um, I think he was very prescient. Um, we What we are likely to see is that when teams do score in the first inning, score those high uh, numbers like above 350, the team batting second is going to find find it much, much harder to chase because of the, the scoreboard pressure. Um, so I think that's what's going to happen is we will see higher scores than average before. And uh, the difference will be that I think the teams chasing second will not keep up. So you're going to see more of these one-sided matches. That, that's my prediction. Mm. So let me ask you there something because you touched upon something very, uh, I think, interesting. I'm a little old school, uh, at least as far as cricket goes, and I'm not as uh, knowledgeable as some of you guys who come here and, you know, do the analysis. So, are you saying in this kind of a tournament, what Imran used to say back in the day, in a big pressure game, always bat first? Do you think with these bigger bats and, you know, all these so many talented guys who have made these run chases look like very routine, do you think in a World Cup that changes? The bigger the game, you rather have your bowlers defended or you think that cannot be a blanket statement? No, I, I actually agree with it. Some some things don't change. No matter how big the bats are and how small the grounds are, the minds are very much the same. And I think we forget that. that the pressure that batsmen feel towards uh, you know the second half of an innings when, when uh, you know, I have a big game at stake, that is something you cannot take away no matter what, uh, you know, what generation you are in in this sport. And um, so maybe the bar has changed. Uh, before, uh, a good score in the first innings was 250. And, uh, you know, then there was scoreboard pressure and teams folded for less than 200, let's say. And now what's happening is the teams batting first are maybe scoring upwards of 300. But you're still seeing the same problem at the other end. The second team is facing a lot of pressure. Uh, Today, actually, we saw something very interesting. Uh, Bangladesh um, scored 244 in their 50 overs. And you would think New Zealand would coast uh, the way they were going. At least they had a, a pretty good, solid start with, with their top three batsmen uh, firing. And, and then they almost had a collapse towards the end and uh, somehow found a way to crawl through. But that, that's a great example of how I think the sport still is the same, uh, even though we think it's changed. 
Hmm. All right. So then, how would you explain what Pakistan did? You know, in uh, the first week, uh, they had uh, a no-show performance against West Indies. We have to still give West Indies credit because they came with a plan, and you know, they unleash you know the barrage of shots stuff. But then, a lot of people who know the game and I follow, I didn't watch the match live. Besides a couple of dismissals that Andre Russell contributed to, most people said there was like bad batting. But then they come back with a vengeance, uh, and they played the team to beat in their own backyard. Granted, it helped. They've been in England for like two weeks and have lost 5-0, but played England quite tough in some of those matches. How do you explain that turnaround there? How do you explain Pakistan's cricket uh, to anyone, right? I mean, this is again an example of status quo. Nothing has really changed. Go all the way back to the 92 World Cup. Pakistan was uh, 70-odd for seven against England, and they uh, luckily they, they escaped with, uh, you know, with a tie in that game because it rained out. And they come back and beat the same England team in the final. And this is this is the nature of Pakistani cricket. Um, so that is one explanation. Uh, the other thing I think we can look at is really what was West Indies doing to restrict Pakistan. Uh, they they took on a new approach. They they really uh, kept that short pitch bowling uh, tactic going through throughout the innings. And I think Pakistan there was a little bit of shock and awe happening with Pakistan uh, uh, on, in that game. So let me stop you right there. So okay, you, you you find you know Pakistan is one of the more mercurial, unpredictable units, and you know uh, I still think this is a very settled batting unit when Sabi was on, and uh, we don't give them credit. I think they they may not be one of the world's top five teams, uh, but how do they build on this? You think this is again going back to your point, like you can't you can't predict about Pakistan. You think could this be a stepping stone for them to? you know, show some talent in this World Cup like Imamul Haq and uh, Babar Azam, Fakhar Zaman. I think there's there's a good nucleus right there. Yeah, let's not forget the same team more or less won the Champions Trophy. Uh, so this is a very good team. This is the same team that scored uh, consecutive scores above 340 or something against England uh, over the last month. So they have a strong batting lineup as well, as you pointed out. I think the key here for Pakistan is to win the matches they're supposed to win. So we'll start to see if this is going to actually happen in the next game they play against Sri Lanka. Um, that will tell us a lot about where this team stands today versus, you know, uh, 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 a couple of years ago. Uh, okay. All right. On that note, let's just uh, do an honorable, you know, uh, mention. South Africa is definitely not eliminated, but they have their work cut out because, like you just said, the games you should win and they are 0 and 3. India is not a bad loss. England is not a bad loss. But, uh, you know, again, if any Bangladesh fans are listening, I have utmost respect for Bangladesh to put, putting, for pulling that win. But still, if you're South Africa, uh, you know, you don't underestimate anyone. But that was a match you were supposed to, you know, win. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, there's the big C word, but South Africa it always comes around uh, when the World Cup is on. Um, I, I think I'm, I'm kind of, uh, there's a theme here. I'm, when I talk of South Africa, when I talk of Pakistan... Even England, they're all playing true to form, aren't they? Um, they? Everyone seems to be playing exactly how they've played World Cups in the past. South Africa, I think, has had some tough luck with some of their main players being out uh, due to injury. Even Hashimamla actually was hurt in the, the first game. And so I think there is an element of luck here, but you can see very quickly the real C word here is confidence. They're losing confidence. Um, and that, that's what's happening with South Africa. Do you give them, uh, I mean, still a, a chance so at least they can contend for the fourth spot? Or you think that's kind of an uphill battle now with six games to go? Rain could play havoc. Australia looms large. And uh, New Zealand is there. There are a lot of solid sides in West Indies, South Africa. That's probably a big game. I think it's, it's a week from now. So how do you fancy them for uh, this tournament? 
and I know you were very, you know, uh, you're, you're pretty good with, with your choice of words more than I do, even though I've been doing this on a weekly basis. So everybody was thinking the C word ends with an E, but you chose confidence. So Still uh, con- ends with an E. And, yeah, okay. <laughs> so there you go. But uh, you're not, you're not alluding to choking. Uh, I, I hope you were, because I think th- these are not the same men. And I always think uh, that's kind of an unfair tag. Even the 92 World Cup wasn't choking. You know, that was Duckworth Lewis. 22 runs of one ball, you know, you, you can't choke, right? So, th- there have been like some unceremonious exits, but uh, what chance do you give them to turn around? I mean, this unit with Faf, because when Dan Gallen was here, I don't know if you listen to the podcast, he said he's been a real calming influence on this unit and he instills a belief. Something, you know, maybe a polar opposite of Virat Kohli, you know, every man goes about his job a little differently, but uh, okay, let's take a couple minutes on South Africa and then we talk about India and some of the other big games coming up. So what South Africa needs to do is win at least uh, five games. Uh, and I'm, I think I'm being a little conservative, but they, they probably need to win six. But five games is what they need to get to at a bare minimum. And you could argue that they've had the toughest games happen already. Uh, so they do have a quality side. The one missing link is, I think, the second fast bowler. Uh, so if Nagiri comes back and plays, I think they have a shot. Uh, the batsmen have to, I think, pick up the slack. Uh, I, I wouldn't count South Africa out just yet. Uh, there have been teams in the past, Pakistan themselves, that have started this slow in a, in a format like this and come back and won a tournament. So um, definitely wouldn't... Put, wouldn't okay, were you surprised by the omission of Aiden Markram? Because uh, a lot of people who are you know close to the pulse of overall cricket see him in the same bracket as like Babar Azam and Ross Taylor is one of the more consistent performers just below the Kohli's and the Williamson's. So were you surprised that there's too much chopping and changing going on? Is there a panic button that's already been hit? Or against India, they needed to come with plans because they don't have Stain, they don't have Engiri. So your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I'm not surprised with Makram. Actually, he averages less than 30 in one-day cricket, uh, even though admittedly it's a small career right now. But um, uh, I do think that they were trying to uh, push for consistency in their selection. Uh, Amla was out due to injury, uh, so Makram took his place. And Amla was ready again, they brought him back. And I, I don't think you could doubt the class of uh, Hashim Amla, uh, despite uh, you know his poor, poor form, I would say, in the last year. Uh, they wanted to give themselves the best shot against quality bowling, uh, which India had. So uh, I'm actually I'm, I'm, I'm okay with the decision they made. But, but they might still be able to find place for Markram in that lineup. I think further down the order is where they have the weakness. All right, so let's do a quick segue, uh, like we used to do in the tennis podcast, to India, South Africa. You know, everybody watched the game. So uh, I, know, I know you are a writer at heart. You know, you've been publishing Cricket Info. You've written like movie reviews. And uh, so how would you break down what you were just asking me while we were prepping for the podcast? You asked me, but wh- let me ask you your question. Distinguish between the two spells you saw today, uh, a fiery Rabada and uh, an equally fiery and impressive uh, Bumrah. Yeah, and uh, you know, Bumrah is a bit of a freak bowler and uh, Rabada I would classify as a thoroughbred. And really, it is so hard to say who was the, who was the tougher bowler to face because the batsmen that were facing them were very different. Um, I, I do have to say from sheer quality of bowling uh, that I observed uh, while watching, it, it seemed like Rabada was actually, Rabada's spell was more hostile. And, um, you know, he had uh, Kohli and Rohit Sharma both in a lot of trouble, uh, which says a lot, I think, in this format especially. Um, now, Bumrah too was unplayable. Uh, Decock could not lay back the ball in that one over that he bowled to him. Uh, but Decock is a flashy player. Um, yeah, and uh, with Kohli and Rohit Sharma, I would say, I, 
maybe maybe the best way to put it is we would have really known if Bumrah had bowled to Rohit and Virat Kohli today. Mm. Another interesting stat, uh, our good friend Sanket, you know, who's been a regular in the podcast, uh, pointed out that this was Shikhar Dhawan's first real failure at an ICC tournament. And these are stats sometimes that get overlooked because, you know, there are a lot of cliches that travel around the game. And this guy has really, sh- you know, shown up at the party. And when India needed, he's raised his hand more than more often than not. So, uh, are you worried about his form or that's just like, he got? did he get a gem of a delivery? I, I didn't even watch the match. So, What's your take on Shikhar? Yeah, he got peak Rabada and peak Rabada is just too good for Shikhar Dhawan, no matter what his history is with this tournament. Um, so, I would not read too much into this because uh, I don't think he's going to face uh, too many bowlers that are better than Rabada going forward. Um, Shikhar Dhawan, I think the reason he does so well in these tournaments is exactly the opposite of what we were discussing before. I think he is uh, less pressurized in these kinds of situations and he plays more freely, in fact. Hmm. And uh, this goes back to all the way to junior cricket days. He actually topped the, the run run chart when he played the Under-19 World Cup. Uh, scored more than 500 runs. So this is a guy who actually, I think, really comes into his own when he plays these kinds of tournaments. Hmm. All right, so India uh, also is starting, you know, they started the tournament a little late. Uh, you know, maybe they asked for extra practice time, whatever. But they have their schedule cut out too. They're going against Australia on Sunday, the day of the Roland Garros men's final. Uh I know I have to bring that up, but uh, which one are you going to watch? Uh, depend who's playing. I mean, uh, if uh, you know, uh, if it's uh, yeah, I mean, it's Nadal Djokovic. It's most likely I'll, I'll be checking on both. Uh, but uh, you think uh, with KL Rahul as a number four, Kohli and Shastri had already put this intent long time ago. Bharat mentioned that I think before we were even doing the preview shows, and now you think compared to other contenders, two questions all into one. Is India, Australia, you know, is the marquee matchup of the first two weeks? What, how, do you, how are you going to break that down? And secondly, are we, among all contenders, the most unsettled at number four? And all contenders, I would say England or Australia. Yeah, so I think they are two, two different questions. So India, Australia definitely is the biggest match uh, just in terms of the strength of the sides. Outside of India, England? Uh, outside of India, England, but uh, I mean, so far, as I said. And, uh, but in England, Pakistan, I, I, still, I, I still think that that showcased two very strong sides, even though Pakistan is very unpredictable. That kicked the World Cup. It kick-started the World Cup, for sure, after a bunch of, you know, like, uh, beatdowns, yeah. And and, and it it was telling because it showed England could be beaten. Because Mm. a lot of people went into this World Cup thinking that England actually, uh, you know, could go through this, uh, you know, not even being beaten once. They, They looked that strong on paper. So, are you saying it's a clash of the two number twos who just bragging rights who's second to England? I mean, I know uh, they have more pride than that, but... uh, uh, And how do you see that match playing out? I mean, if if weather doesn't interfere, uh, who's the favourite according to you starting? I I would have said India a couple of months ago. uh, But the result that we saw with Australia coming back to defeat India in that series... I think will instill belief in Australia that they can beat this Indian team, especially in conditions in England. And they did it without Warner and uh, Smith, right? Or did, yes. did they have Warner? For they that? did not have Warner and Smith. So this is a much stronger Australia. I would say much more dependable. They didn't Australian. have Stark either, right? Uh, they did not have Stark either. So that 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 is one reason why I say they they're going to come into this tournament with a uh, lot more belief. Uh, I want to ask you a question, Sakib. Who is the defending champion of the the World Cup? <laughs> Yeah, it's, a, it's a rhetorical question, but you know, the yeah. point is, uh, let's not underestimate Australia. These guys have been, they know how to win these matches. No, no, I'm not underestimating. I think the stars are aligning for them. I think they might just peak at the right moment, you know. It's a very dangerous side and uh, 
I know Sanket's gonna like uh, not like this because he he wants to keep it low and you know he, he has his own way of uh, no but I think jokes apart I think they 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 might just be peaking. Uh, Khwaja is the X factor for me because uh, X factor in terms of he has to come good he has to hold his own now because he you know for for the longest time he was the guy who was getting runs but now with the return of form of Smith and Warner he needs to be that other guy who steps up along with Maxwell somewhere and I think it's a big game coming up. Uh, if, if there's any if there's any uh, uh, pair that can play just pre Bumrah well it would be Warner and Smith two of the best players of baseball in the world. All right so. Uh, let's move our focus to Joe Root. This is, again, uh, an extension of our f- uh, car conversation. I mean, the guy doesn't, uh, according to me, I mean, he's one of my favorite players besides Cheteshwar Pujara, who doesn't, probably will never play a World Cup. But, uh, I mean, this guy, I, I, I know he's like among the top four or top three players. Uh, how, how do you rate his ODI batting? I mean, in, in this star-studded English lineup, is he the glue or is there a glue? or what is, what, is this the wicket that matters the most, according to you, if you're the, say, Indian fan and you're watching on TV? I, I think a lot of people would debate the wicket that matters is somewhere between Joe Root and Joss Butler uh, because Butler uh, has this very unique capability to uh, win a match on his own. On his own. Uh, but they have a lot of match winners in England. Uh, so I, I do think the most consistent player by far is Joe Root uh, on their team. And he's not consistent because he's batting slowly. If you, if you look at his strike rate, it's pretty high. And he's still averaging above 50 in one-day cricket. Um, he's he's in many ways like uh, Kohli, uh, but he doesn't get that kind of credit because England doesn't play as much one-day cricket and Joe Root doesn't score big hundreds, like the number of hundreds that Kohli Is he scored. more prolific in chasing or is he just overall balanced? Because Kohli has, you know, rewritten history, you know, he just chases like no one. That is very true. And, and we are talking about, you know, one of maybe arguably two or three, uh, two or three of the best batsmen ever uh, in Kohli. Uh, so, you know, to put Joe Root in that conversation itself, I think, gives him a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. Uh, having said that, I, I definitely think he's he's among the top five one-day batsmen in the world today. And Viv Richard, I think it was Nasser Hussain the other day during a match, said Viv Richard said, you know, Josh Butler is like the, I don't know, the, to use uh, the word best loosely, but he did say he's one of the most amazing batsmen that he's seen in the recent times. And... Uh, uh, let's keep uh, focus on England. Uh, the loss to Pakistan, you think, could that be a bad thing for the other teams because that's one loss that's out of the way? Or what you mentioned earlier, pressure in these tournaments can do certain things to hosts. You think England can have a bumpy ride or are they still your undisputed favourites? I mean, I, I don't think anyone thinks England is not going to be in the final four, right? So that's the first thing we have to say is they will make the final four. But having said that, the next match itself could be a banana uh, skin, uh, the, the one against Bangladesh. Bangladesh is playing good cricket. Uh, they ran New Zealand, which is a very good side. Again, a side that could threaten England. They ran them very close. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they come back from this loss against Pakistan because sometimes losing can become a habit too. Hmm. So you still think they will be in the semi-final? I know you didn't come on any of the prediction and podcast uh, preview shows. So who are your f- uh, final four? I know this is something, this can change on a daily basis in a tournament like this. But uh, what does your gut feeling say? If one is England, uh, fill, fill the other three slots and uh, not in particular order, but who comes to mind when you think, you know, these are the last four remaining teams in the competition? Yeah, if I had to pick four, it's England, India, Australia and West Indies. I think we haven't talked about West Indies, but they look really dangerous. Um, I think both on the bowling and uh, batting fronts, they have some very exciting talent. 
any advice for any guys who are picking fantasy teams i mean uh, stay away from west indies or pick west indies yeah don't pick pakistan for sure because <laughs> you don't know which pakistan is going to show up so so interesting okay uh, sanket uh, you know you know I, i follow his account very you know keenly of course uh, the guy you know has a lot of banter going on but he knows his cricket so his prediction again now we are in prediction mode he said india would beat australia but lose to new zealand do you see that kind of a result coming you think new zealand is that kind of team who can play the top team solid and maybe are they any are they within an outside chance to be in the four i know you pick west indies but where do you rank new zealand i think new zealand is a steadier team when you compare them to west indies i always think you know world cups you have one x factor team that clicks it could be pakistan it could be west indies those are the x factor teams new zealand's always done well consistently but i just think the uh, the three teams we are talking about india england and australia uh they're very steady and uh, i think they they will get ahead of new zealand so then it comes down to the fourth team and i i like the x factor team to come through uh, let's talk about ross taylor and the new zealand batting order uh, again going back to our initial conversation uh, when we were not recording you think uh, uh, in these conditions and uh, and the consistency of the batting order like how long they've been together and kl rahul has been in and out of this odi composition do you rate them as a more steady unit compared to india batting wise or you think india has more depth from like 5 to 8 that includes dhoni and jadhav and uh, pandya i think india doesn't get enough credit for their batting lineup beyond uh, the big three um, so yes we have kl rahul who you know has had his up, ups and downs but tremendously talented uh, but between dhoni and jadhav you have two guys who average above uh, 45 in uh, not just one day cricket but in i would say list day cricket right uh, with jadhav we actually in all one day cricket that he's ever played he actually his strike rate is above 100 and his average is above 45 guess how many players in cricket history have that only a couple uh, so you know the players like him uh, people don't really notice but they they come through in in those uh, critical situations and uh, hardik pandya is obviously uh, again another x factor i would say So India bats really deep if they play Bhuvi uh, at number 8 I think they have a pretty strong batting lineup that goes all the way down to 8. Okay since you didn't attend the other podcast uh, despite on repeated invites I know you travel a lot so I'm going <laughs> to throw some difficult questions now on the spot. So th- I asked this to Sharan Bharat answered this many times Sanket answered this many times. So pick a player each for India, England, Australia and West Indies and in these tournaments you know more than I do. they'll be in this ugly you know match where your best are not firing but these teams may sneak uh, or they get into like a chase or a complicated chase easy chase becomes complicated what not but you know what i'm asking so name a player from each of these teams that will come to the rescue when the chips are down and all else fail and uh, that player would seal the deal okay india is easy i think it's ms dhoni if you don't consider him as one of the the big 3 or 4 in on the in the batting lineup um and uh you said australia glen maxwell uh, i think uh, he's he's due for a big world cup uh, i i actually think he's going to be uh, their best player he's playing as a proper batsman right are they are, is he in their bowling plans or does he... he i mean he is available to bowl i just don't see him bowling a whole lot with uh, you know with zampa bowling spin and uh, you know he they had a pretty strong pace bowling attack um so there's australia what were the other two teams england and west indies your picks i'm just oh, england i i everyone is a dangerous batsman but uh, the, if i had to pick someone beyond josh butler it would be moin ali 
Uh, I definitely think if, if the other team has a strong spin attack, uh, Ali will come into play because he's a very strong player of spin. And the last one was... West Indies, but they don't play that kind of cricket, so they'll just hit it out of the park and... <laughs> they will, they will. Uh, Jason Holder is your steady hand down the order. If, if you're coming down to a cl- uh, you know a close chase, I would, uh, I would actually back Holder to uh, keep them uh, going. All right, so let's conclude this chat uh, by getting your input on uh, Afghanistan. You know, they were like the darling team of everyone, you know, given all the history and how, you know, their rise has been, you know, very prominent in, in, in the white ball cricket. So they lost to Sri Lanka. Uh, but what does this campaign mean for them? How do you see them? Because Sanket and Bharat, everybody kind of predicted, even Sharon, that they will win more than few games. So how do you see their World Cup faring from here on? I, I will be very surprised if they win even one game, to be honest. Um, Afghanistan is seen as a very dangerous team, but this is not the format where they're really dangerous. Is it um, easy to say after they lost to Sri Lanka? I, I think that was their best shot at winning. I, I think I mentioned this to you. Their the, the, the real shot at winning was against um, uh, Sri Lanka. Against Pakistan, of course, you, it really depends on Pakistan more than Afghanistan uh, in that game. But uh, I think they, they squandered their uh, their best chance of uh, winning a game in this tournament. West Indies looks really strong right now and uh, they played them very strongly in, uh, in a warm-up. So, I just don't see Afghanistan winning any games, unfortunately. But it's still an amazing story uh, that we cannot deny. Uh, it's uh, just incredible how these guys with such limited resources are able to do so well. Uh, one of the things I, uh, that struck me, I think one, uh, one of the Crick Info commentators said it's a team of number eights um, and that's, that's really the problem. Everyone is a player who bats in uh, with a number eight kind of mindset with, you know, with the aggression and going for these uh, the slogs. Okay, uh, I cheated. So one more last question, honestly. <laughs> Which is your favorite World Cup memory so far in the box? Uh, what uh, our good buddy Nandesh pointed out today was Harsha Bhogle's line, Tahir has what henna in, <laughs> in his hair. But he bowls with venom. <laughs> that was one line. And then uh, my favorite was, I think, uh, Irfan Pathan in, uh, uh, in the Hindi commentary box, along with, I think, uh, who was it? Uh, I think Akash Chopra. They're talking about CAF and an actual game is going on. And they were talking about the NatWest finals. I mean, I watched a full hour and a half. They didn't talk about the score and the match. So that's, that was gold for me. Yeah, no, I didn't listen to a whole lot of commentary. So I'm going to pass on this one. But the one... Uh... Uh, Ravi Shastri's big voice of Dhoni hits <laughs> a six to win that uh, 2011 final. That one will always stay in my memory. All right. So thanks for joining, Anand. I know this was like you, you had no option of bailing out on this one, but this was a free flowing podcast. Hopefully, uh, we can share, uh, we can have you share the same space as Sanket and Bharat and some of our analysts. I think that will make up for a good conversation. World Cup is still pretty young. Hopefully, we'll get you back. Yeah, good to be back and I hope to be back again and challenging some of these guys. All right. I'm sure Sanket, wherever, whenever he listens, he'll, he'll pad up. Thanks for listening and uh, if you sh- like the podcast, share with your friends. We'll be back with another episode during the World Cup. Bye for now.